Hello, what have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> is Christopher Marinan and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network and joining me today are my amazing Star Wars friends. I'm Josh and peacekeeping is not what I signed up for. (laughs) (laughs) This is Justin and after this Black Friday I really need an Asajj Ventress. Look at this guy dude. (laughs) This is Kyle and I'm no Jedi. (laughs) Nice. And uh, Vic cannot be here tonight, but as always, when someone's not here, they are joining us in spirit. I wish Vic could join us because we're going to dabble a little bit about Fallen Order. And you guys mentioned to me that Vic is a gamer, um, and I know he's playing the game, so I don't want to get too deep into that. Um, But if you guys are listening to us for the first time, you guys are just joining us on the Star Wars Friends podcast, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you're getting us. Uh, please hit us up on social media. We want to become your friend on all the channels. You can hit us up at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can hit us up at StarWarsFriends.com. And uh, we definitely want to hear your thoughts, whether it's about Fallen Order, The Mandalorian, Rise of Skywalker, all the crazy trailers that are coming out for that movie, or even about any of the books that have recently dropped. We definitely want to hear from you. That's what this is all about, community, and uh, just getting your opinions and feedback, man. That's what we love. So, um, you know, with that, guys, there's been a it's another crazy week of Star Wars. Go figure. I mean, we're in the uh, we're in the tail end of the year. I think this is something we all expected. Um, but what's really, you know, we keep stressing over the last few shows that this it's mainstream hot right now. And I know it's mainstream hot right now because I had yet again another encounter at uh, just the public place in the general public among the uh, the kind folk at Whole Food. Uh, I was wearing a Star Wars hoodie. And naturally, and I'm at the checkout counter and the, or the wherever, like the, you know, the belt and the cashier goes, you know, she sees my, my millennium Falcon hoodie and she goes, what do you think about baby Yoda? And I was like, what? Like, you didn't even say hi to me. Like you didn't even say, you didn't even say anything. And she goes, yeah, what, what do you think about baby Yoda? And I just started laughing. I was like, okay, well, um, I mean, it's very cute. You know, I don't know. I never know. That's where what everyone thinks go. about Baby Yoda, Chris. Right. I know. But, oh, yeah. you know, like, I, I just don't know where the conversation's going to go with a total stranger. I'm just trying to get my hot foods. I'm trying to, you know, I got an avocado and I got some smoked uh, chorizo and I'm ready to really enjoy my evening. Uh, but of course, I get a Star Wars conversation. But she but she tells me this. She goes, yeah, I've never actually seen a Star Wars. But I know. And she was like. But but Baby Yoda is just so cute. I think I'm going to start. That to me, 
That's a gateway drug. Hot. It is. <laughs> it's totally. And, and that's what we're, you know, that's kind of, I think in the grand scheme of things, they could have done a show about a Mandalorian and it still would have been successful for the Star Wars community. But you develop this character that now appeals to whomever that just happens to come across an image or a meme or a gif of Baby Yoda. The cashiers at Whole Foods, the baristas at Starbucks, they're now becoming um, – they're, at least they're curious about the Star Wars uh, community at large, and it is a gateway. I think it is a gateway, and we're just going to continue to see more of it. I think by adding this character to this show is really – a, a master stroke. It's a genius stroke of storytelling. Uh, you have these master storytellers, uh, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, who knew, oh, wait, yeah, we can appeal to diehard Star Wars fans, but it's on Disney+. Plus. This is the flagship show. We got to do more with it. And you build this amazing Baby Yoda character that now everyone, uh, doesn't matter who you are, you're going to fall in love with it. It's too dang cute. Well, and <clears throat> I mean, it's really just it's something it's a formula they've followed for everything and they've just it's better this time than it's been he is the he's the comic relief piece he's c3po and r2d2 and in the ot he's jar jar who didn't work as well for some people uh you know he's he's that piece and star wars always has that someone fulfilling that some character fulfilling that role and it's it's just been masterful this time and i think it's a bit of a risk too because they're they are taking this character in Yoda, the regular Yoda that we know, who is one of the most beloved characters in all of Star Wars. And you know well, that sure. you are taking a chance introducing, I mean, we know Yaddle's out there somewhere in in history, but, you know, for intents and purposes, he's the only one we know about. So it is a little bit of a risk to add another one. But I, like you said, I think so far it's been great. Yeah, and you know, I, I just keep getting more and more of these experiences of, of folks who don't really care or know about Star Wars that are now um, finding out about this through Baby Yoda. So more the merrier. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this. Yesterday was Thanksgiving, so I hope all of you guys uh, have a beautiful had a beautiful Thanksgiving. Um, but I got home. Yeah, I plopped down on the couch after a very long day. Uh, I, you know, I did all this crazy stuff. DJed uh, an outdoor event in downtown Cleveland in front of nine thousand people. Then I had DJ to go community. to the family DJ community, baby. And then I had to go <laughs> hang out with my family and you know um, play a bunch of games of Uno with my nieces and nephew. And this is the first time that my my niece and nephew know about Star Wars. I mean, they're they're you know they're early teens and they're in middle school. They never cared about Star Wars. Why would they? I mean, they didn't grow up in that generation. Um, they grew up in the Marvel. They grew up in the MCU, so they love MCU. But now they're like, "Hey, Uncle Chris, like you, you see Baby Yoda?" And I was like, "Oh, you guys watch the show?" No, you know they're you know they still haven't watched the show, but they know Baby Yoda. Um, so hot right now, Baby it's Yoda. So, it's so crazy. Right but when but when I plop down on my couch after a long long day, I get home, and uh, of course, being a Disney freak, as I've already mentioned, I love Disney. I watch the Disney Christmas holiday special that they have every year where they light up the castles, they're in Disneyland, they're in Disney World, they have live concerts, and um, you know, it's really cheesy, it's really cheesy, but I love it. Chris, um, was baby spice on that? Yes, Emma Bunton was on that. She did sing a beautiful uh, rendition of, I think, I don't know, it was one of the Christmas classes. It was all, it's all the same now. But um, she was, yeah, she was fantastic. She was the best part of the show. But it was centered around Star Wars. And I don't know if you guys caught it or not, but if not, you can probably stream it on Disney Plus. But it, they actually gave us a glimpse, a, a, an extended cut. 
the Snyder Cut. Hashtag release the Snyder Cut of Rise of the Resistance. So this is a ride that we've all been anticipating uh, at the Galaxy's Edge Park, and it looks absolutely crazy. Uh, so I would definitely recommend if you guys have not watched this special, go ahead and watch it just for those segments. They had a band um, that I've actually played with in my music career called Portugal the Man. They actually played a couple Christmas songs in front of the Millennium Falcon. Uh, it was the first ever concert in front of the Falcon at Batu, um, and they seem to they seem to be enjoying themselves. It was pretty cool. And then they had a band called Pentatonix. They're like an acapella group. Yeah. They <laughs> uh, they 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 showed them riding the Falcon and. Uh, you know, Smuggler's Run or whatever the name of that ride is. And it was uh, it was pretty fun, man. But it was definitely a Star Wars-centric holiday. Um, but it really made me excited because I get to go to Galaxy's Edge in February. And that Rise of the Resistance ride, it's crazy. There's no track. It's a trackless ride. Um, like, all the main stars are in it. They show a scene where there's a lightsaber that cuts through the roof of the ride. Like, it literally cool. is inside the the ride and you know being a you know i love the imagineering crew and i love learning about how they do tricks i don't know how they're going to pull that off because they're showing it in the commercial and you're like dude you can't take that back now um there's some whatever practical effect they have i can't wait to see it um you know full-scale tie fighters full-scale adats um, hundreds of first order stormtroopers, storm and they you have live actors, and you have animatronics. This ride looks crazy, so please check out that that special if you guys haven't. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. Yeah. Um, the other thing I heard about Galaxy's Edge this week is that I don't know if you guys knew this when they first pitched Galaxy's Edge, they were um, you know they were supposed to have drones flying high above the sky to make it look like there's Sonic. actual, you know, planes and star or planes, geez, um, starships cruising through the skies of too. And now they, you know, they cut the budget. They said, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. Now they're coming back. So they're actually, Disney is experimenting with those drones. Hopefully um, we're going to see them in service in 2020. Um, but I think one thing that, you know, outside of the, the special and all this, you know, we talked earlier about this, you know, these Rise of Skywalker trailers that just mm-hmm. keep mm-hmm. dropping, you know, it is like it, you you sneeze and a new trailer pops up. You walk through a doorway, a new trailer pops up. You, you know, you put your shoes on, a new trailer pops up. And we mentioned that we didn't want to see them because we don't want anything spoiled. I don't want spoils. You know, in I, like, I didn't even watch it. Yeah, I we were I'm, we were literally sitting at the Thanksgiving table yesterday, and you know you have the TV on in the background. You hear the music. Oh, I heard Duel of the Fates, and I mm-hmm. said, I wait. My brain goes, I know this is on network TV. <laughs> like no one's no one's put in a Blu-ray of Phantom Menace. Like this is on TV, and sure enough, I turn over and uh, Duel. You know the they're on the what we presume to be the Death Star wreckage, um, you know, Ray and Kylo having their lightsaber battle. I said, oh, I'm not looking. I turn around, have my back to the TV. My family at one point lets out an audible <gasps> moment. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. And they all, you know, they all respected that. But um, it's weird that Americans, we value the secrecy of these of films. It doesn't matter if it's Star Wars or Marvel or whatever. We value it. But we see all these international trailers come out. And of course, now making the rounds on social media are the Chinese movie trailers, Saw that. which yep. t- totally give away, in my opinion, spoilers. And um, my friends just spoiled something 
very big for me that I'm not, I, I want to keep this a, a spoiler free podcast. Um, but my friends just spoiled something very large for me that I, I predicted would happen in this movie back in March. And it's, it's now coming true. And I just don't like it, man. I don't want to see any more. I already bought my tickets, bro. Like, I know you're trying to advertise to the, to the community at large, but like, just give us like an emergency broadcast warning. Like hit us with the beeps, dude. Like spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Right, dude, like, <laughs> so I can leave. Right. Yeah. I'm with, I mean, find some way that I don't have to see it. Cause I've already seen enough. I, 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 I want to be surprised. We've waited for so long and this is such a big deal. I don't want to see anymore. And I know I've already seen still images on, uh, on Twitter of, I don't even want to say of what, but of a character putting on costumes and I didn't want to even see that happening. I wanted to, I wanted to see it in the movie. You know what I mean? And I, I, I've just seen enough for like three more weeks. Now I got to bury my head in the sand. I feel like. Yes. Agreed. Isn't it three weeks from today? Three weeks from yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Technically yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, baby. So one, I heard that John Williams said that, that he's incorporating like every major theme from mm-hmm. the previous movies into this movie. So to hear that duel of the fates was in that trailer is super awesome. Um, and two, now that you say something that you predicted got spoiled, my brain is going, what crazy <laughs> tinfoil hat thing that Chris has yeah. told us over the last couple yep. months is it? And I'm I just well, my brain is spinning now trying to figure it out. <laughs> I don't I don't want to say, but it, it, it's going to be fairly obvious if you really. I don't it, want you to say either. Yeah, it's yeah. it. You know, I it was something that I was very confident. I was I was a hundred percent confident it would happen in this film, and I and I laid out my reasons why on another podcast with our friends at Rebel Force Radio, and you can go back and listen to it. But um, you know, I was very clear on on a few things that I was a hundred percent confident this was one of them. But up to this point, I didn't think that it was actually going to come out before the film and it was just one of those like really at the same at the same time though you got to look at it like marvel and what disney's done over the last couple films they've released clips of things that clearly were not even used in the in the actual film misdirection is not uncommon to get you going hey oh my gosh is this really going to happen and then they take you a completely different direction with something that looks very similar to it but not actually what happened so I, i don't know i don't for me it doesn't spoil the movie at all it doesn't mm. you know what i mean like i can see it and i can go into the movie i'm still going to enjoy the movie no matter what happens right um, so for me i'll watch it and yeah the john williams uh wow that that part was epic that was awesome yeah no all john dude john williams is just legend man and and josh I, now that you brought that up i do remember seeing that interview and i cannot wait for this uh, this soundtrack to drop because the last Jedi soundtrack I love I love I absolutely love I think Kylo and Snoke's theme on the last Jedi soundtrack is one of my favorite pieces of his music it's just absolutely fantastic so this episode nine should be pretty incredible but there's one more thing about the Rise of Skywalker and I don't want because we got so many Rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. shows coming up I don't want to burn too much uh, oil on this one but. That weird IMAX poster that just came out today. Uh, I am all for abstract art. My in my my day job, all I do is work with art all day from all different types of designers from all over the world, working with licensed brands. So I see a lot of these type of images. This particular image, and we'll post it on our on our Twitter and our Instagram at SW Friend Show. We'll throw it on Facebook too, so you guys can kind of take a look at this. I don't know what's going on here, guys. 
you know, Star Wars has released some really funky posters for this movie. And, and even going back to The Last Jedi, um, I think they took a really hard right turn with their with their poster styles because traditionally Star Wars posters have been painted. They've been painted mm-hmm. posters, a, a collage of all the main characters to s- give you this epic scale, this journey uh, that you're about to go on. And that started with the original posters for, for Star Wars in 77. Um, but since Force Awakens, we have you know Rogue One, which was a digitally composited poster you had solo star wars story digitally composited um which was actually their their posters were a blatant ripoff of another artist uh who had a series that was very similar to that i was shocked to learn and then uh you have the last jedi which did a hard right turn of this very um very like it's um almost industrial this white and red scheme that i loved when it came out but then now seeing the rise of skywalker posters i'm just really uh, uninspired and this one for IMAX is is the most puzzling one yet. Yeah, and this is really the second one that they've released that's kind of puzzling. The first one was the fleet of Imperial Star Destroyers, right? That had the red like line markings on it. So this is really kind of the second poster that's come out that's kind of taken you one hard direction, and mm-hmm. maybe what you were thinking or what you're expecting. Um, so I don't, I don't know how much you want to go in depth on what's on the second poster. Well, I I actually do want a print of that uh, of the X wing against the Star Destroyers because that that, yeah. that poster gives you a story. That poster tells you a story. You want to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. You want to see what happens with that X wing. But this poster for IMAX, you have uh, Ray, you have uh, Leia superimposed behind her, you have Kylo Ren's helmet in the top corner and then you have a bearded fellow with long stringy like emo style hair out of kylo ren's helmet so i really i look at this and the first thing i thought was i mean i was like this is ugly it's an ugly mm-hmm. poster um it there's no um it, it it it's off balancing and maybe that's on purpose the off balance because one side's heavier than the other but the bearded fellow is superimposed on the bottom of kylo ren's helmet and it's in a really odd way, too. It's like the, very odd. The cracks mm-hmm. go past where the helmet would go and oddly into his face. And why are those other three characters so clear who they are and this one is not? And then in right. the background, we have, I guess, what's one moon? But why isn't it twin suns or a Death Star or something we recognize? It's just a, <coughs> a big, it's a cue ball, basically. I, I don't really get it. No, and and I did see someone say, "Is this Obi Wan Kenobi?" You know, and because you look at it, and it's just the beard, and then you get that long, stringy hair, and we all know Luke had his hair grown out on on on, uh, you know, uh, when he was in exile, self exile. But it's like at the same token, Obi Wan had long hair at some point. That hair's coming off of Kylo's head too, though, isn't it? Like, is that even is that even supposed to be the? I mean, I guess it is now that I look at it again, but. When I first looked at it, it looked like the hair was coming out of the helmet. Well, maybe it's one of those hats where you can like put a ponytail out the back and Kylo Ren's just like, he he got his helmet going so he can roll his hair out and look sweet in the wind. It's so weird how the hair is, is like the only thing breaking the frame too. You're right. Like everything else is within that frame. And then, and then the hair is just like awkwardly not in the frame. Well, guys, as a theorist, um, I need to have like a music every time I drop a theory, <laughs> like, you know, um, like the X-Files theme, right? X-Files right. theme. 
but I look at it and I say, oh, this is so clearly a family story. And I go, oh, everyone on this poster is related. And, um, you know, it, it is like you have Leia behind Ray. You have what's presumed to either be Luke or Obi-Wan. Regardless, you have uh, Kylo Ren on this poster. And they're all they're all touching. Like, you know, if you just draw a little line through it, they're all touching. Um and I, I really, this is a story about family. This is a Skywalker story. So whoever this artist is uh, may have interpreted it that way by compositing all these characters together. I mean, it's very strategic. You don't have Poe Dameron. You don't have Finn. You don't have BB-8. You don't have C-3PO. You don't have, you know, it, it's it's really just these, presumably, my opinion, the Skywalker clan. Yep. You think Rey is a Skywalker? A hundred percent. I mean, it. She's a Skywalker by way of Leia, or if we want to go really deep, it's it's part of that uh, that time jump, the continuity uh, that that is part of the Emperor's master plan that she's trapped in a time loop. But she is, uh, you know, whether or not we can go down the route, do we think that the Emperor influenced the midi chlorians in you know in a body like like we laid out in the Vader comics where. He, we presume that the emperor had um, influenced the midi chlorians and Shmi Skywalker to mm-hmm. give birth to Anakin. You know, there's there's a lot of different routes you can go with this, but I do I do strongly feel that before the end of the movie, we will find out that she is there's blood lineage to the Skywalkers and whatever you can hate on me. You can hit me up at known as Chris. I think that she's going to be a blood relative of Skywalkers. You can tell me all day that. It, Family doesn't matter. Lineage doesn't matter. We're talking about Star Wars, where this is a story about Anakin friggin' Skywalker, dude. Like, that, you dedicate six movies to this character, you're not going to forget the last three. And if you forget the last three, you are doing a disservice to the first 40 years of this franchise, regardless mm-hmm. of opinion. Once again, hit me up, man. Come at me. Uh, but I, I feel strongly <laughs> I'm with you. that this is, a, this is a family story. This is a family story. And yes, it could be the redemption of Kylo Ren, but whatever, dude. Like, that is, we've already seen it. We have seen a redemption arc in Star Wars. So I'm getting heated. I got to get a sip of my Spotchka (laughs) over here, guys. I got to chill out, man. Here, uh, here, I'll bring it back down. So there is one prominent Skywalker that's not on this uh, poster, though Luke's older brother, C3PO. Get the hell out of here. Uh, Who made C3PO? That's true. He's the maker. He's the maker. He's a Skywalker. You know, he's an honorary Skywalker. I think you should tweet at Anthony Daniels and celebrate his honorary Skywalker uh, lineage. I think he would like that. But if we let him know that he's left out from the poster, Anthony Daniels may be a little upset about that. (laughs) (laughs) Just, I mean, read the book. Read the book. Uh, So with that, um, you know, we also... We talked a lot about Fallen Order before the show, and like I mentioned, I think Vic would like to jump in on a Fallen Order show. But I'm having a good time with the game. Uh, you know, I've, I've got some hours right. into it, and I think that it's a beautiful game. I have only I've only experienced um, you know I don't know how many trophies I have. I have a considerable amount of trophies. I think I have maybe twelve or twelve or thirteen trophies already. Um, got my dual lightsaber. That's like my favorite part so far. I, that was like the coolest surprise ever. I'm actually surprised you got that already. Oh, dude, I was so stoked to get it. And because uh, I didn't know it was part of the game. Did you guys know that they had a dual lightsaber? I'd seen a couple clips. Yeah. <sighs> well, when I started playing, I saw that there's the emitter 
where the blade comes out and then the other end was all kind of broken and wiry. So I figured it was going to get repaired at some point, right? I mean, I'm not as far into it as you guys are probably. I've only played a little bit and I'm just getting off like the first planet. But I think what I've enjoyed so far is that it's actually more of a puzzle game. Not necessarily oh, like a yes. hack and slash. Like I'm not running around just killing things with a lightsaber the entire time. You actually have to like figure some things out and run. You know, go to from point A to point B, back to point A, over to point C, back to point A. You have to move around a lot and actually try to figure things out. And you're not just sitting there running through hacking bad guys the entire time. Right, and and I, I appreciate the puzzle aspect. And Justin, you're gonna love this as you progress. The puzzles get harder and harder. And Portal is like one of my favorite games. I actually have a Portal tattoo on my leg, and I uh, I actually appreciate difficult puzzle games. There was one temple coming up that you're about to get to, Justin. Okay. That I was like definitely definitely impressed with the level of craftsmanship that the game makers put into it because it's not only beautiful. But it gives you uh, like a larger scope. You know, you actually mm-hmm. spend some brain power in it, and that it is. It's a much more enjoyable experience than just a hack and slash. Nice. I will say, I spend a ridiculous amount of time lost trying to find my way back to the <laughs> ship after I've because the levels yeah. aren't like yep. linear. It's like all right. over the place. I do I, think the the map is really nice. It took me a minute. It took me a minute to to figure out the map because it is a 3D fully rotational map with zoom features. But uh, it's it's really well done. My biggest surprise so far, two surprises, is number one. I thought I was going to be uh, like totally annoyed by Cameron Monaghan, the the lead actor, because I did not like his Joker in Gotham. I thought it was a, a really bad interpretation. I get it. I get it. It's for the show, but I thought that it was not so good. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised with, with how not annoyed I am by Cal Kestis, which still sounds like a, like a bacterial infection. I never appreciated <laughs> that name, but I, I, I like, I like Cal Kestis as a character and Cameron Monaghan really, his voice is fantastic. His mannerisms are fantastic. But my second biggest takeaway from this game so far is how much I don't actually like the second sister. And I know I'm not very far in the game, but the interactions I've had with the second sister are not good. Um, I don't like the voice actor and I don't like, and Justin, I don't want to spoil too much um, and and I don't want to spoil too much for the game players out there, but there is definitely a moment on a planet called Zepho where there's extended dialogue between Cal and the second sister. And it was driving me nuts. I was like, there is, this is just like the simplest way to push a narrative that you can do, but it makes no sense in like a logical setting. And it it can only occur in a video game or like a 1960s crime drama. Like it was, (laughs) it was just such a cheesy way to push the narrative, but man, I am so disappointed with the second sister. Man, I'm looking forward to that now. Oh boy! <laughs> I hopefully you'll know what I'm I'm referencing. Well, Justin, he's wrong. The second sister is awesome, <laughs> <laughs> and he's and I I didn't even watch. I stopped watching Gotham because they were doing a joke, a young Joker. I was like, no, that's not how it goes. I'm not going to do it. And so I I came into this against the actor too. Like when he okay. came out on stage at celebration, I was like, no. Nope, this game's gonna suck now. Like, but he's <laughs> wow. he's okay. I I don't hate him, but he's a little bit too much of a Boy Scout for me. Like, yeah. we can do it. I'm a Jedi. Like, I'm you know, I, I want a little uh, bit gotcha. more. 
but but the game is it doesn't take away from the game. You know, Luke's Luke was kind of like that too. Some so it's mm-hmm. you know yeah. that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm I'm actually with Josh. I I don't mind the second sister, and I didn't I didn't actually mind that cutscene either. I thought it was okay. It, <laughs> well, I I'm not actually it, referencing it, the cutscene. I'm referencing what happens after the cutscene. Oh, like over the radio. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, I still yeah. I, I didn't think that it was, was that the bad, that was my least favorite part of the game so far. Is well, that what's nitpicking uh, you nerd? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> once Give him I some breathing there. room, would you? But I, don't, I, I don't like the I don't like the other Inquisitor. Oh, the the uh, lar- large Marge there. I don't remember her name. The, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. Born chin. Yeah, <laughs> always, uh, I've only seen that one from the initial piece. Yeah, I've seen that one from Turns the initial piece. Up. So that's it. So, uh, but I, I will let you guys know what I think as soon as I get to that point. Yeah. Please. Hope be maybe tomorrow or Sunday sometime. I'm, you probably have seen this, but there's like a animation. He does it a lot when he's getting close to those temples where you'll have to like squeeze through a little oh, like yeah. tight opening. And I, yeah. I think that's always really cool. Like the BD unit like jumps around on him to get yeah. out of the way. And he climbs yeah. over under stuff. I, I like that. It's I think it's well executed. Those cutscenes are beautiful, and it gives the game a chance to load. It's actually it's a loading screen, so it's like a perfect, beautiful load load screen because you can't. I mean, you know, you'd rather you'd rather have something like that that's visual and, and kind of carries. Yeah, it's it is really well done. So respawn did a fantastic job. I can't wait to finish it. I'm gonna put a couple more hours in this weekend. My only tip is don't die because it takes forever to respawn. Yes, yes, I found I, that I, out. I, I died a lot. <laughs> I found I, that out. Yeah. I was like, oh man! I well, just, well, okay, I wait, like hang that. on. Falling doesn't kill you. I, yes, I, I, that, I do. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. When falling. I when I fall, I respawn right away. You know, so my no, character. that one's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, if you I actually die. See, I've not someone kills yet. you. Well, I get I've killed by that yet. giant frog just about every five minutes. So then my respawn <laughs> takes twenty minutes. So it's yeah, like I'm not really moving as fast as I should. So I've learned. I'm just gonna run around this guy for right now. I'm gonna freeze him and then run around, and I'm good. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I haven't died yet, but uh, I'm still not done yet. So we'll see what we'll <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, let's um, story mode. I do play story mode. <laughs> I yeah, I do too um, because I was dying too much on Jedi Knight mode. I was like, maybe I need to do this. That's the mode I'm on. So it's hard. Well, let's uh, let's save some more Fallen Order for uh, for another episode here because I know that we're just going to keep getting further and further in and it's going to make a, make for a better story here. So let's get on to our next segment here. I want to hear what you guys picked up for this week. Your lightsabers will make a fine addition to my collection. So with that, uh, I, I picked up a few things this week. Not a crazy week. Um, I'm I'm trying to save my money for Christmas shopping, and I got my I have my annual holiday vacation where I go up to Canada for a while. So I'm putting squirreling some money away there. But I did pick up a couple really awesome things. I got some eBay. You know, I I'm an eBayer, so I get a lot of eBay vintage stuff. And uh, but this week I was really excited to find a couple things. Number one, um, Justin, you tipped me off to Burlington. And yeah. I've never been to a Burlington store before. I, I was only familiar. I always thought Burlington was a coat store. So I never went in there because yeah. I was like, I have a coat. It's fine. I don't need to go to a coat store. And it's huge. What, I mean, how many coats can you fit in there? And I, I come to find out, thanks to you, that they're at, they, it's a larger store. They have different products. It's like a TJ Maxx. Yeah. It's like a Marshalls. Um, but you showed me that they had some discount 
Star Wars stuff. And then I think, I don't know if it was Vic or someone else in the thread posted those Poe Dameron helmets that were circulating at Burlington. So I just, I was like, all right, cool. I got a, I got a half hour. I'm going to go to a Burlington. I ended up finding the Kessel Run Millennium Falcon, which I, I collect different iterations of the Falcon. And um, I also uh, picked up a Kanan Jarrus Y-Wing. I also have a, uh, what did I get? The TIE Fighter. And I got a First Order Stormtrooper all for under $40. And right then and there, you know, I wanted that Millennium Falcon Kessel Run uh, ship when it came out a year and a half ago, but it retailed for like 100 bucks. Picked it up for $22. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know, this is sweet. I got to play with it. The panels fall off. It shakes. It vibrates. It's a really fun toy. Um, but my, my other find, I got this. Uh, this is something I wanted right away. There's a there's a person on uh, Twitter and Instagram that I follow at Jen Marie. She goes to Galaxy's Edge all the time. She's a Disney guy or a Disney gal and um, goes there often and posts things from Galaxy's Edge. And she had showed a Rise of Skywalker Spirit jersey that came out at the Disney shop. And I wanted the Imperial Spirit Spirit jersey from Star Wars Celebration. I couldn't get it. It was sold out every time I went to the store and. I was just like, dude, I want something to wear to opening night Rise of Skywalker. And there's, I think there is nothing cooler as a merch head, someone who has a ton of Star Wars merch and buys a ton. Like this was the coolest Rise of Skywalker uh, merchandise that they have out there. And what it is, it's, it's a spirit jersey. It's a sweater, right? And it's very comfy. It looks like it's, it's dyed to look like the galaxy, and then it has this uh, symbol on the front left chest of Ray's lightsaber and Kylo's lightsaber crossing an X. And then across the back shoulders is the Rise of Skywalker movie logo. And right then and there, I know I'm going to be the slickest dude in the theater. Um, sure. I'm going to stroll up in it looking like a million bucks thanks to Disney shops. And uh, I'm super excited. So, um, you know, with that, hey, we got a we got a special guest that just dropped in with us. <laughs> Did you, are, we, are we scheduled tonight, or is this just uh, was this just a text that I was not supposed to get? I'm oh shoot, man! Hey, Dominic, uh, <laughs> uh, we're actually we're Good actually choice. recording uh, we're actually recording episode five right now, going over uh, everything from Fallen Order to the most recent chapter of The Mandalorian. So, how's uh, how was your Thanksgiving, Dominic? Uh, it's been absolutely amazing. Obviously, uh, a dream come true for any Star Wars fan there. So. <laughs> it's just uh, we're praying now. Now the next uh, phase two is Operation uh, Make Gecko an Action Figure. But other than that, it's been uh, it's been amazing. Awesome, man. Yeah, and uh, I know I, I've got the word out to a few of my buddies about that action figure. We'll see what we can do. I did see that that fan made action figure. Um, yeah. We re- we reposted it. It looks solid, man. It's really okay. beautiful. I'd buy awesome. one. Thank you so- did you did you want me here or did you? Uh, <laughs> I was mean, I invited to the movie tonight. Is my question. Yeah. I'm at a party and I was just like, hey, I can hang with you guys. I just, uh, but I was like, oh my god, because I had so many uh, different interviews. I'm like, wait, am I supposed to be on right now? Or yeah, no, man. Okay? I mean, we we welcome it, uh, but you know, yeah. by all means, dude. If you want to hang, we're just talking Star Wars, dude. Yeah, I got a few minutes. I, you know, I'll, I'll hang with you guys. So yeah, absolutely, sure, sure. Okay, so actually, while while you're here, um, we're gonna cut this segment. We'll we'll get back to it, guys. What were your thoughts on the most recent chapter of The Mandalorian? Did you get a chance to to watch it? Oh God, forgive me. Yeah, it's been crazy. So uh, I have not. I was I was planning on doing today, but uh, thankfully, just with even the merchandise flying out the door and uh, just the scheduling with my agents, we got yeah. booked Cincinnati, Minneapolis, South Carolina um, over the last uh, forty eight hours, and then we're going to San Antonio on the nineteenth. Um, but I'm looking forward to checking it out tonight. But I hear 
Baby Yoda is still on point. <laughs> yeah. oh, absolutely. As always. That yeah, is absolutely. correct. So we, um, you know, there was one moment, I, I'm going to talk about it later in the show, um, where I thought you actually were going to show up again. I thought Gecko was actually going to show up in this episode. There is a there's a scene, and I don't want to spoil too much, that they yeah. show up the back of a character who uh, was walking through the woods, and I go, oh, I wonder, I wonder if it's him. Uh, and it turns out it was it was a different character, but I was like holding out hope. I was like, oh, maybe, you know. Um, I, I, I had a talk with Brian, and I told him, I said, hey, we're not dead, and he's like, no, we're not. He says, I'll I'll definitely talk with them and see what's going on, but more importantly. Just hopefully with what we have, I'm just praying for the figure and whatever yep. happens from that point on, I think, you know, it's OK. But just to be able to sign that figure for the next 30 years would be a, a dream come true. And and hopefully, you know, with Kenobi, there's opportunity. But, you know, the problem with Disney is like even, you know, you're talking about industry where even Brie Larson, they're slamming the door on and Angelina Jolie. So it's not like Dominic Pace is going to call uh, Bob <laughs> Igar and say, hey. We gotta we gotta build up this gecko character when Brie Larson they're telling her, Hey, let's take a hike. We don't want you, you know? Yeah. Now hey, we're bounty hunters keep popping awesome, up though. You never know. Yeah. Never know. Yeah. Never know. What, you know, one of the things I was thinking about after our, our, our talk the other day was you mentioned, you know, like the Dengars and the Bosks and the Zuckus, man. Like, I didn't really elaborate how much I like I grew up fascinated, like by these bounty hunters. And I hope that younger kids that are just getting into Star Wars look at a character like Gecko and they have the same imagination that I had about Bosk and Dengar and Forlom, all these classic bounty hunters that just had that that moment that yeah. connected because the mm -hmm. look. You had such a unique look on the show that I hope kids are just, their imagination runs wild with it. Yeah, and more importantly, like I said, Black Series or uh, Funko Pop and all that, uh, again, you know, you just don't, that's such a, it's like the, such the upper stratosphere that even my agent or my manager, I mean, there's just no one you can call at that level uh, other than just the gods of, uh, the toy gods end up blessing yeah. you with one. But oh, yeah. I, you got to think with every single figure, Yak Face, I mean, what, he had maybe two seconds screen time in the, right. in the barge? I mean, right. come on, you know, but again, because it's a TV series, I'm just holding my breath to see how exciting the next four episodes are going to be. Oh, um, yeah. And then at that point, hopefully we can exhale and say, OK, I'm still kind of badass. I think I'm still. <laughs> <one of them. laughs> yeah. Well, your, your oh, yeah. challenge, your challenge coin and your patch looks sweet on that. Yes. website. That looked awesome. Yeah, you, yeah, you're off to a good start with that stuff. Yeah, thank you. And the illustrators, I think, have done an amazing job. And, and you know, like I said, between community service and also at the same time, just uh, being so fan friendly, uh, hopefully that'll uh, score some points there. We'll see what happens. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. But gentlemen, forgive me. I, I just thought I was missing an appointment. No, you're good, man. Yeah, hey, you're always I'm welcome. All, I'm, I'm just at a family uh, function here, but I just want to wish you all the best. And anything, like I said, you guys need, just don't uh, don't hesitate to shout out. And uh, any charities or, or for anything for your listeners in regards to autographs, I'm always here for you guys and really appreciate all the, uh, the support. Absolutely. Dominic, thank you so much, yeah. man. Thank you. Thank you. you got it, guys. Happy Thanks. holidays. Yeah, Happy holidays. Okay, cheers, cheers. See ya. Well, okay, that was a so fun little surprise, y'all. <laughs> yeah, hey, Kyle, you got to talk to Mr. Dominic Pace. Yeah, there we friend go. Of, friend of show. Star Wars friend. He's a Love Star it. Wars friend. Love that guy. Uh, his enthusiasm, I, it was just palpable, and I, I really enjoyed talking with him. So that was pretty cool. I'm glad he stopped by. and. <laughs> You know, spend a couple minutes with us. So, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully he'll check out the the chapter uh, four and let us know what he thinks. So, um, in professional wrestling, we call that a run in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun, man! All right, that's cool. Well, um, let's you know, let's wrap up with these uh, fine additions. Let's is, get back to it. This is why. This is why you have to always never miss an episode because you never know who's going to be on. 
<laughs> it might be a surprise. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, so, um, so I'm I'm good on my collection. What do you guys? What did you guys find this week? I actually picked up a uh, mug today. I have a few Star Wars mugs. I have some regular like coffee mugs, and then I have like the stylized. I have a Boba Fett helmet mug. I've got a Kylo Ren. Today I picked up. It's sort of a regular shaped mug. I'll post a picture of it on the Instagram, but. It's the Millennium Falcon on one side with like kind of the specs. It says it's Carillion. It says YT-1300, light freighter, yada, yada, yada. And on the other side is uh, Han Solo, and it says never tell me the odds. But the best part is on the inside is there's an actual Millennium Falcon flying up from the bottom. So as you drink your beverage, (laughs) you're revealing the Falcon flying up at you. That's fun. Um, and I got one other thing. It's not Star Wars, but um, I watch Goliath, which is a show on Amazon. It stars Billy Bob Thornton. He's a lawyer. It's really good if you don't watch it. But um, the the woman who plays his daughter on the show, she did a contest on her Instagram and asked people to post their favorite their favorite thing from season three. And I posted mine, and I won um, this shot glass that she oh, really? made as like a rap gift for oh, nice. the cast and crew. And she sent a little personalized autograph with it. And I oh, just got killer. that in the mail today. It was pretty cool. I won that on a, uh, just cause I follow her on Instagram. Yeah. Hell Very yeah. Cool. That's Damn. tight. That's so uh, awesome. those are the new additions to my collection this week. Um, well, so, okay. I get, I talked about them last week, but I got my um, um, Tano alive pins. Yeah. In the mail. And they are huge. They're huge. Ooh, They're very huge. sweet. Yes. Yeah. And then I also got the, I got some stuff from Burlington, stuff you already <laughs> talked about. Um, and I also got the ever elusive Zazzle oh. Mandalorian. Ooh. It has lunchbox. been located. It is yep, a beautiful nice. lunchbox, man. I, I really love that color, that, that like orange. Um, I, you know, I'm a color guy too. That's like a tangerine orange, and it's just oh, yeah. it's, no, it's so it's gorgeous. Great. And if you need me to send you that link again, I will. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. What so, did you What did you get from Burlington? I'm fascinated because we had um, a listener. We had a listener tweet at us that said that he saw. Um, what did he see? He saw a, a. I have to look back. It was a black series figure that I was like, really? Oh, it was Captain Rex? He found multiple Captain oh, Rex. Oh yeah, wow. yeah. Those are valuable. You can find those there, Ross. Uh, there's been a whole bunch of them that have kind of popped up. It's the normal Black Series. It's not the special yeah. packaging well, one, but it's it's still it's a great figure. I'll tell you this: if there's any listeners that can find a Captain Rex at Burlington, I'll pay you double, which is ten bucks. <laughs> but I'll pay you double and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me too. But I want yeah, a Captain send two Rex. Of them. Oh, I mean, that's crazy. I, you know, I found at mine, it was like, it was the Island Journey Ray, which is a, a Black Series figure that I love. I even have a three and three quarter of that figure. I just love her look as the Island Journey. You know, I, there's a ton of DJs. I don't know a single, do you, do you guys own a DJ figure? I have one. So yeah. I, oh, really? Yeah. yeah I, I turned down a DJ today at Burlington, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah. My Burlington is totally picked over. There was that um, Force Link falcon and that was it yeah yeah after, the falcon's nice the falcon's nice after a while though you keep running into dj everywhere you go and it's almost <laughs> like he's following me when i go into stores <laughs> he's the only one on the peg and you're like hmm this is getting a little creepy the action figures following me from place to place walgreens target well he's right. everywhere dude right so we, 
as a collector, is DJ the Constable Zuvio of The Last Jedi? And what I mean by that is, it's just a figure that like is everywhere and nobody really wants. He's, he's one of them. There's several in that Black Series line. I think the Rose, uh, there's a Rose Tico, there's mm-hmm. Poe. I mean, the Poe. Yeah, yeah, the Poe Dameron. Um, Sergeant Jin Erso and... Yeah, there's everywhere. there's been a bunch of them that they I don't know if they just made way too many of them or uh, it just wasn't a popular figure with people or the outfits or whatever. Because I mean, let's be honest, we're we're our eyes drawn to figures that we like, right? Mm-hmm. And what they're wearing or how they're stylized, colors, right. things like that. That you know, we look at a figure and we go, "Oh, I love that figure." It just it speaks to me, right? I think Rose in a yellow jumpsuit, even though that was what she pretty much wore that entire movie, just didn't grab people. They're like, there's nothing right. intricate about that figure. And, and, and you know, Rose was, I didn't think she was terrible in that. It wouldn't have been my first choice for like a side character, but, it, you know, the figure in, it, in and of itself was just not super popular with everybody. Sure, sure. So DJ was um, a slime ball too. So <laughs> <laughs> that that being said, uh, yeah. So I got the I got the Poe helmet and I got the what? Rose three and three quarter. What? Wait, uh, were there any more Poe helmets? Yes. Oh, <laughs> I'll go back. I'll go I already back. put an order in for one. I will immediately PayPal you. I need that helmet, dude. I plan on cosplaying. My girlfriend and I plan on cosplaying as pilots at Celebration. So I wanted to get that helmet to to repaint it. I mean, at 20 bucks, that is absolutely yeah. insane. Josh, I will definitely give you money in advance if you if you let me know uh, to okay, pick them up. Well, I will. I'll talk Tab into to letting us go back over there, and um, we'll get some. And if for some reason um, there aren't any more, you can have mine. Like oh, <laughs> it's, it's for okay. your cosplay. Like <laughs> I just bought it. Those twenty bucks, you actually oh. want it? Like, oh yeah, yeah. I definitely stuff. want it. I mean, we are definitely gonna be. I'm gonna cosplay as uh, Hera. Uh, her 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 Y wing costume if you guys know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. uh and then uh, my girlfriend is going to cosplay as like a probably an a-wing or a, a b-wing pilot so we'll see uh but nice. definitely those helmets at that price you just can't beat it to customize it that's just crazy no. so um that's good i'm happy you found but, it yeah but so i i did i bought the rose uh three and three quarter uh black series today for two reasons one it was only two dollars and two oh. because i feel um I feel good about buying Rose stuff because I'm so mad at what the fandom did to Kelly Marie Tran. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I obviously yeah. know buying a figure for two bucks from Burlington is not really <laughs> helping her profile too much. But, it's a know, gesture. It is yeah. a gesture in, in spirit. There's some kindness there. That's the holiday season. So, uh, you know, I love I love Kelly Marie Tran. I just want to be, you know, I want to get that out there to uh, to the Star Wars community. I'm a huge Kelly Marie Tran uh, fan. I think she's a fabulous actor, and she's so fun. Like all her interviews, every time she's out her, somewhere, her social I mean, media she, presence was she's got a great. She's just so normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it's one it, of it us. Is, you know, it's just the nature of a divisive film, and that's just all it boils down to. Man, it was just she's a you know just. And Laura Dern's one of my favorite actors of all time. Also a casualty of a very divisive film. And that was a risk that Ryan Johnson and Disney took. And there was a little bit of fallout from it, right? I mean, it's just how it goes. But, you know, um, the Rose Tico figure, though, she has the new one. 
I don't know if you guys have seen that, the new one that's about to come out, the Black mm-hmm. Series. Mm-hmm. That one looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, definitely an upgrade from the original Black Series figure. But I, to the one, I wanted to make one point about all this. I didn't want to derail and get into a Last Jedi uh, synopsis here. The DJ figure is ugly. It's ugly. Justin, I was trying to hit your point. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you buy figures with your eyes, right? Like, yep. That's an ugly figure, man. His it face is. is just like... <laughs> what happened with that? Dude? Looks like he's been living on the streets for a better little, part of like he looks six a months. Tired, yeah. yeah he yeah. looks a little sleepy. So, yeah. But you you picked up some black series, right? I did. I did. Uh, after uh, I feel like we're running an extended promo for Burlington right now because we've, <laughs> we've, we've been promoting them to go get Star Wars figures. They don't sponsor us, but they can. Right. Hey, send hey, us all the coats, man. Up. I want some. I need some new coats. <laughs> But yeah, after after sending you guys that information, I went over. I kind of went ham at Burlington. I picked up uh, a Tie Fighter, Rogue One yep. Tie Fighter that they had. Um, I picked up. Uh, I think I grabbed a little toy for my uh, nephews. It's one of the little. I don't even know which, what what the, the Force something characters. They're really small, kind of. They're age. Oh yeah, up. I know what you're talking about. Uh, they're like yeah. thicker, chunkier. Um, I picked up the Tie Silencer with Kylo Ren for them. Uh, and then from a nostalgic standpoint, I actually picked up the $22 Millennium Falcon. And the reason I did that is because, like I said, growing up, like I had a friend that had every Star Wars toy imaginable, had the Millennium Falcon. I never had a Millennium Falcon growing up. Mm, so okay. for $22, when this thing was originally like 100 bucks, I was like, sure, why not? Right. The, a lot of people get turned off by the sounds and the lights that are in it because, you know, obviously the original ones are just plastic. There's no uh, electronics in it or anything like that or not much anyway. Uh, but for me, it was kind of cool. Like I picked it up, you hit the button, right? And it shoots the little blue things back oh, like yeah. uh, into light speed. And I'm like, dude, this thing's fantastic. So I, I got it home. Um, I have not taken it out of the box yet, but it will be coming out of the box because uh, yeah. I actually want to open it and play with it. And uh, oh, yeah display it somewhere because i think it's a, a cool version of the falcon uh that i would love to have out um and then since today was black friday uh, i did get out and this morning went to target i actually found two figures that i was not expecting to run into i picked up the luke skywalker yavin ceremony mm. uh, the black series six inch is it is uh, it spelled correctly is it skywalker <laughs> it, it is skywalker is it? <laughs> it is. It's got the W on it. Oh boy! It, it is the. Oh boy! It is the lovely misprint figure. And, so, and isn't that figure one hundred? Isn't that the the hundredth in the Black Series line? Yeah, it I is. I think it's. It is. That is just. What somebody, happened? Somebody what got fired. Happened. <laughs> somebody, right. I would assume, got fired because it's not only spelled misspelled one way; it's misspelled two ways. There's another package that has. Um, I, I don't know if it's missing something or it's spelled slightly different than yeah. Walker. it's uh yeah. it's slightly different but there's like three different versions of it out there so put, put it right next to your bobby fett uh <laughs> are, are we really shocked by hasbro having a little screw up from time to time at this point but though leave mark hamill alone <laughs> I, I mean at this point all, come on at this point though after 40 years can you really screw <laughs> the guy the character's last name up after 40 years of it's movies the most come on famous o- name obviously in- yes yeah, it is obvious you're right <laughs> there's no argument <laughs> but I, I picked that one up and then i also picked up i found a Jana, which i was not expecting it's to a find. beautiful figure it's actually a really nice figure, and it's cool because she comes with this uh, air, the bow and the quiver. Yeah. She's got like a bunch of three arrows and then a single arrow. But the thing that I didn't realize she came with, she has this uh, blaster 
with her that looks like an old like pirate uh what do they call it a blunderbuss Blunderbuss. it looks like an old pirate blunderbuss gun and it kind of looks sweet it's got this really long extended uh back handle to it and i'm like this is very intriguing because i want to see this gun in the movie now so um Mm. i picked those two up today and they were buy one get one half off oh hell yeah that's great well Dude, I mean, you know, the Millennium Falcon, you're going to love when you pull it out. Uh, I do own every iteration of the Falcon up until this Kessel run. And um, I was very, very skeptical at the price tag, as I am with most Hasbro vehicles now. I, I kind of wait till they get to a discount store now. Um <laughs> Or I just chase them on Walmart when they're on clearance. But it's a really fun Falcon. I really appreciate the lights and the sounds. Yeah. And, and the panels, like, they blast off. And yeah. it's, it was such a fun surprise when they blasted off. I was, you know, I'm an adult. I'm a grown man. I didn't expect to be surprised and delighted by a toy exploding. But I, you know, I was playing with, I was playing with it, and I was like, oh, I can't figure this thing out. My girlfriend walks in, reading the instructions, and you, you, I'm not going to give away that secret. I'm going to let you enjoy the fun. But when those panels eventually pop off, we both like, we both dance. We're like, ah, you know, screaming and ha- we're like, this thing's so rad. It's actually in pieces behind me right now <laughs> on the floor. Nice. But um, you're going to have fun with it, man. Yeah, so, I can't wait. Uh, this is a great week in fines, guys. But we're here this week to continue our journey along the most beautiful show that Disney Plus has to offer. And by that, I mean the show. We all come to love Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. So, guys, we're, we're, we're 50% through the Mandalorian right now. Four That's episodes. crazy. Four episodes. Yeah, a little. Uh, I a little mean, are, are you? I'm celebrating. I'm totally celebrating. I I think that this was just like it was. It, okay, let's just let's back this up. Chapter four is called Sanctuary and was directed. It's now the second week in a row directed by a female director, um, none other than Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Ron Howard, esteemed director, actor. Star Wars director Ron Howard's daughter Bryce Dallas Howard, and um, it was a t- it was a complete tonal shift from the other three chapters we've seen. I think that this chapter f- chapter four is just it, it's an outlier so far, um, you know, and in a beautiful way. And when I first watched <laughs> it, I was kind of hmm, okay, this is definitely different. Um, it, You can definitely tell she is Ron Howard's daughter. It felt very much like a Ron Howard film, uh, his earlier works at least. And um, it, was, it was definitely a change of pace that I appreciated. It let you breathe more, and it definitely opened up a lot more doors, especially as far as like where the story's going to go. It reminded me a lot of how they used to do that in Clone Wars. There was the larger story arc and then every now and then you'd have kind of a just adventure mission mm-hmm. yeah, episode yeah. that and I, I wrote in my notes that there there's an episode of Clone Wars that's almost this exact same plot line where they're helping villagers defend themselves against in in Clone Wars it's bounty hunters here it's the raiders um but it, it reminded me a lot of that like let's have an adventure let's do something exciting and then it, it'll kind of let us breathe for a second and then we'll get back into, um, you know, the, the deeper parts of the main storyline. Right. 
there, there's a reason it's a it's there's a reason there's a Clone Wars episode that's just like this, and I'll, yeah, we can get into that later. But it's yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I got to watch it twice, and of course, you know, I watch it in the morning and uh, just watch it before we jumped on for a second time because that first watch. You know, I just watch it to enjoy it. I watch it to experience mm-hmm. it. You get all the emotions, you get all the laughs, uh, and yep. then you definitely enjoy the action. The second watch for me is when I'm like, oh, I see this. I see that. I, I start stringing things together. And um, it, it would definitely, there are some things that I was not expecting, but we, we got one big reveal today that we've been anticipating uh, since starting watching this, and that is none other than um, Cara our, Dune. our new friend, Cara Dune. So, yeah, uh, it's she's badass. She's, oh, she is so badass, badass, dude. Can uh, I say one thing about that? Of course. They, they put her on the image of, you know, how on Disney plus there, you go to click on the episode. There's a, there's yeah, an image for each. Yeah. She's right there on the main image for episode four. I like they gave well it deserved. away before I ever oh. clicked on it, that she was in it. Like really? I knew we were anticipating she's coming up, but uh, to me, I went to click on it this morning, and it was like, oh, well, I guess she's definitely in this <laughs> one, huh? So yeah. I, on my Apple TV, it was not her as the Avatar. This was really? a complete, yes, really? this was a complete spoiler for me. That's I did, strange. I, I knew that she was anticipated to show up, but definitely was not in the image. Yeah, I expected her too, but then I was a little, I was a little surprised to be essentially spoiled right there on the on the main page. Yeah. Well, let, let, you know, we can, I want to dive into, uh, Cara Dune and, and all that in a bit. I want to, I want to break down a few things before we get into that. I think, you know, exploring that tonal shift, um, you know, we needed a breath of fresh air. We needed a change of pace. Uh, this was definitely a more dialogue-centric episode. It was an episode that is establishing character um, in a very deep way. It is establishing the single father. It is establishing a love interest. It is establishing a friendship, uh, a potential um, rift. There are so many pieces that were dropped in this one episode that it. it I think this episode laid the most groundwork for the continuation of the series because, you know, um, you see the Mandalorian try to escape the bounty hunters to try to get away from the guild to find sanctuary on a, on a backwater planet with no, you know, no industry, no big population centers. So he finds this krill farm uh, made up of just farmers and what we presume to be, they've been there for generations and generations. They don't want to be bothered. They encounter some raiders, which that opening, um, one of my, one of my favorite things about that opening, it was a bizarre opening, but there were some highlights to it. That tall, skinny leg droid that was helping them yeah. like, like fish <laughs> yeah. the krill. That's like a really, I love that droid, man. I want to see yeah. him a little it was bit more. different. Yeah. Yeah. He was cool. Um, I thought those blue shrimp krills looked kind of tasty. I'd try one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah. they probably would taste like gogurt or, you know, like something like, you know, <laughs> like a squeeze tube. <laughs> oh, like yeah, you just yeah. I thought it would taste like a shrimp cocktail, but exactly not, totally not as good as frog though. You know, no, no, the, definitely there. You know, the frogs uh, know no bounds in Star Wars because Baby Yoda found himself uh, about to eat that scene. Oh my God! This is the is this? Are we watching the Mandalorian or are we watching the Baby Yoda show? Because it is like that it's dude the is Baby stealing Yoda the featuring show. the Mandalorian. Right? Sure. It is so crazy. Um, Captivating. But this, 
you know, overall the tonal shift, right? This reminded me of, I mean, this is the closest to a 1980s film uh, of any modern show I've seen in a long time. This reminded me of those childhood movies I would watch where, um, you know, it, the premise is very simple. The, the backdrops are very simple. Um, there's not a lot to really overstimulate the mind, but it's a, it's a story about friendship, camaraderie, family, all these like very good principle ideals were put into this show, but it was filmed almost like a, it was almost, have you guys ever watched the Ewok movies? Like the live action Ewok yeah, movies, a long it, time ago. It felt kind of like that, or made. It was like, well, it's, it is made for TV, but it felt like a made for TV special almost. And some of the acting, um, the children actors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it was overall. I mean, this might be. If I watch it again, this this might be my favorite chapter yet. I think I thought the same thing that I I, I told Tab. It feels this is the first. All the other ones have felt like a mini movie and this one felt like a TV episode and not mm. necessarily in a bad way, just right. the pacing. And I think all the extra people. Um, but I mean, there's a reason why this seems f- so familiar and I feel like this is the right time to go into this. Um, this is this whole um, narrative is based on a Kurosawa film called the seven samurai. Mm. And it's, it's literally the same thing, uh, like a rice, a rice farming village, uh, hires like seven Ronin to, to protect their village from raiders. And then they used it in clone wars. They used it in the, the hateful eight or not the hateful eight, but that, that other, I don't, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it, yeah, yes, that Mm. one. Um, it's, it's a trope that they've. I don't want to say trope because it makes it sound like it's bad, but it's like, like an illusion. something it's classic. It's yeah. It's a Kurosawa thing. That's been, um, you know, given homage to in a lot of different places. And it's not even the, the only Kurosawa thing that they've done in star Wars. Like star Wars is full of references to his work. So yeah, George Lucas has said multiple times. That's one of, that was one of his major influences too. And that's something I noticed right away as well, Josh. And I, I thought that those that krill farm, it's a rice paddy, right? It, no, it totally that, is. Yeah, it's hundred percent. They're, they're fishing for krill, but they're really that's exactly how a rice paddy works. And I thought that was just another like, we're not having rice and being saved by a samurai. We're getting krill and being saved by a Mandalorian. It's totally different, except it's exactly the same. You know? Yeah. Right. That uh, that village design that those that those villagers hang out in was definitely interesting. When they early on, when the Mandalorian Caradoon finally get there, they they do this very large like pan, um, like this reverse pan over the entire village. And I thought um, it was very Doug Chang. And I'm a I'm a Ralph McQuarrie guy as far as like Star Wars concept art. That he's my favorite artist. Uh, but the the village in design almost felt very Doug Chang, who, as you guys may or may not know, took over design duties at, at, right around the prequels. He um, he has a very unique style, similar to McCory, of course, it's Star Wars universe, but he has his little flourishes. And the village definitely was the first time I've seen outside of the prequel movies that was definitely it looked like a prequel village like it looked like something that belonged in the prequels and in a good way in a very good way i thought the the village design itself was beautiful um i was very impressed with the the cantina or the restaurant where uh the mandalorian 
goes to get his soup, his bone broth, uh, with his with his baby, and uh, they they interact with Cara Dune. I just thought it was a very lively, um, just set piece across the whole board. It was for for a backwater planet. I thought it was pretty well done. I mean, what can you do? with that like we've all seen forests and movies before and stuff but it was definitely definitely pretty interesting it was definitely star wars um but man there was like there was so many little easter eggs and little touches a lot of one-liners i really appreciated the one-liners in this i think that we're gonna see want some soup on uh on some t-shirts down the road uh the mandalorian's delivery telling the the farmers that they can't live here anymore bad news can't live here anymore. That was it. Like they're like, what, dude? You know. Um, but there were a lot of one-liners in this in the show that I think are gonna really stand out. Um, you know, throughout throughout this journey. But the one reveal for me as a Rebels fanatic, uh, and I know I've seen it in your guys' notes, uh, <laughs> is the live action Loath Cat. We yes, finally awesome. yes. get a Loath Cat in in Star Wars live action. Thank you. Uh, that was. You know, the loath cat just kind of mixing it up with Baby Yoda. How appropriate. Um, there was wh- a really nice bit of concept art during the credits that was Baby Yoda looking at the loath cat, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but how do you guys feel? I know we've talked about this in previous episodes, and, and this is part of it. We finally see a full episode with the new armor. Uh, the fully, you know, in, in broad daylight, you get to see the full Beskar unpainted armor. I absolutely love it guys i i am a i am now all in on the unpainted mandalorian beskar armor um that undersuit that he wears it really i thought it could be brown but it's definitely black um and it really sets that armor off really well do you guys like it now or do you still want it painted i still want it painted although i did notice I thought it was his entire armor was silver now, but he actually has his thigh plates, um, at least and maybe um, his shin guards are still um, the old ones. Mm-hmm. So I, I noticed I thought it was just one of the thigh pads or plates or whatever, but um, I, something is definitely not finished still. But I, I do think it looked good. This was like the highest key lighting full shot we've gotten of that armor by far and with his flight suit and with that cape i think it does look nice um i still think at some point it should and would be painted you know i it looks gorgeous do we want it to look gorgeous for eight seasons this exactly the same (laughs) i think you know at some point yeah probably it gets an upgrade i think you're right I, i think eventually it will i just had a thought I think maybe the painting has to do with your sigil. So because he doesn't have the sigil yet, mm. he doesn't have a paint job yet. Did, yes, I, I, I yeah, agree. Maybe. That's also my opinion. <laughs> yes. I feel like I may have mentioned that before. This is my own independent thought. <laughs> I also had that thought. Yes. So beyond beyond the armor, um, I think, you know, some other things we saw as far as this this show is his bond with baby Yoda. And it's it's definitely becoming apparent that these two are meant to be together, Um, whether or not they're meant to be together because of destiny or by bounty hunters tracking baby Yoda. um, You know, there was a there was a moment in this episode that I thought, okay, he's going to leave him with this with this you know, this refuge on the sanctuary planet and we'll be okay. 
And then, of course, of course, a bounty hunter shows up. Because, I, you know, in the back of my mind, too, I go, yeah, those tracking fobs are still out there. Like, they're still out there. So these bounty hunters are definitely looking for Baby Yoda. Um, but for me, that bounty hunter that showed up, I was actually really disappointed in the costuming. Because we've, you know... I think what I appreciated about the first episode was that they had a, uh, a Gurindan, um, which is the, you know, the Zubaz, the, the snout face guy. Right in the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was such a nice touch because he played such a small part or that, that species played such a small part in Star Wars, but it was, oh, he's the spy that turned in, you know, Han Solo. This is, uh, I, I think they overdid it with this species. I'm just going to say it. I was really hoping for it to be our friend Dominic Pace uh, as Gecko, or really anyone. I thought, oh, is this Zuckus? Because you see the back of them, and it has this like really big like round halo thing. Um, but I was kind of disappointed that it's already a species that we had seen. Um, we was really hoping for something a little bit more. Do, do we know that it's the same species, though? Because when you looked at the mask, the mask was very different. It was like mm-hmm. elongated. It had almost rivets around the outside. But he looked, as he was walking through the woods, he looked very thick, like a lot right, right. thicker and rounder than what Garandin did in uh, in A New Hope. So I, I don't know that he's actually the same thing or not. I didn't see, maybe I missed it. I could have missed it. Yeah, watch it again. Yeah, watch it again. It's definitely, okay. a, it's okay. definitely a Garandin. Yeah, okay. it's definitely... Um, it's it's very obvious. It's just the rivets on the mask. I know because I caught that on the second yeah, watching. Yeah, kind of a tube coming out of it too. That was slightly different, but I think it was definitely. Yeah, I was kind of just. I mean, maybe it's just the uh, the nerd in me. I was really hoping it was going to be a bounty hunter that we knew from you know expanded universe or whatever. I, I think one of the big things for me was when they were flying in and he's talking. Um, to baby Yoda, right? And he says, hey, this planet, you know, is very desolate. It's remote. Um, What do you think about settling down there for a couple months, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, it seems like a very unrealistic amount of time for him to, like, escape, settle on a planet. Eh, we're just going to chill here for a couple months. When you know all of those bounty hunters showed up in in the city, right, to fight you because they were called there by something. He doesn't know that, that the little tracker chip got lit up for everybody but he should have he figured that out when he was walking through and the first guy tried to jump him right and he takes him out and then he gets to the end of the city and he's surrounded so for him to go all right i'm just going to jump into a spaceship right fly away and i'm going to be okay to like chill for several months with nobody following me with a tracker chip to me just seemed a little bit out of out of sorts Mm. well i i have two thoughts on that and one Potentially, he thought that all those bounty hunters got taken out by the Mandalorians, and they were all gone. Um, And two, I am not sure, I'm sure none of us are sure exactly how those tracking fobs really work. Um, We know when it gets close to them, it starts beeping a little faster. But remember when he met Werner Herzog at the, I think in the first episode, he said, all you have is the last two digits and the last known location. So apparently there's a lot of information that they don't necessarily have with the chain code. I don't know what all information is in the chain code. The last two numbers are the age and that's all they have. But right. um, is, it easy, is it as easy as if I have a tracking fob, I can just go straight to where you are? Or is there more to it than that? It seems like right. maybe it would be a little more complicated. I'm not really sure. 
Yeah. That is that is fascinating. I I hope that we learn how those tracking fobs work because I was wondering <laughs> the same thing myself. I mean, is it I, I don't know, is it biological or or what? And and if so, how do they get there? You know, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to think about that. But was there ever a part in this episode that you guys thought that the Mandalorian would reach out to his his tribe his tribesmen and say, "Hey, I found this planet. Why don't you come out here and settle with us?" Um, you know, because they are looking for a new home. I thought that before the end of the episode, he would make a, a beck and call to the armorer or somebody and say, hey, I found this planet. I think, you know, you need to come out here, help protect these farmers or whatever, and you can settle down with them. I don't know. That was my thought. I, I didn't really get that, though, that I, I think at that point they knew he was going to go off for a little bit. They'll call him when they get to the new uh, covert or wherever they're going because they still need to make money. They still need to get resources they still need to work at rebuilding their clan and they can't do that if they go to that remote location and just kind of hunker down and hide right like they could repopulate but they're not going to get the resources that they need on a remote farming village mm. i'm not 100 percent sure he feels he would feel the confidence to do something like that either with <coughs> with his place in the tribe or with um his own intentions even you know he seems very unsure of himself and unsure of kind of his place. I don't know that he would take that kind of, uh, that bold of a role, you know, could, and try to that, guide the whole tribe. Could that be because he's not a Mandalorian? Exactly. Exactly. That's where my, my brain went. Because as I, as I mentioned on the last, last episode, I, th- I thought there was sure tell signs that he was not a real Mandalorian. And in this episode, we get the big reveal. That he's not an actual Mandalorian, that they that they adopted him in a way that he's adopting Baby Yoda, and then, then the chain happens and Baby Yoda becomes a Mandalorian, and then we see him in the cute little armor. Uh, you know, I think that it's just the circle of life, baby. Uh, but no, I, I really think that the insecurities, you're right, the insecurities may come because he doesn't feel that he can make the call. You know, maybe the armorer is the only true Mandalorian left. Um, that could be. I don't know. Well, and no. I don't. I think Mandalorian bloodline and being a Mandalorian maybe are two different things. You know, yeah, like yeah, I think yeah, I agree. you can be a Mandalorian. I think he is a Mandalorian. He put the helmet on. He's never taken it off since he was a kid. I think he is a Mandalorian. He is just wasn't a, born on Mandalore. Is that a retcon to bring uh, or reestablish Boba Fett's credibility as a Mandalorian, or you know, is that some? Yeah. Is that like a device to be like, oh yeah, Boba Fett's now a Mandalorian because? He honors them through the through the armor. Well, it it kind of sounded like that though, right? When the two guys are first approached him and asked him the question and said, "Hey, you're a Mandalorian, right? Or at least you're wearing Mandalorian armor, correct?" And yeah, he didn't say, point. "I am a Mandalorian." He just said, "It is," referring to his armor that it was Mandalorian armor. Good so yeah, I, I could kind of see your point there. Okay. I, I'm I'm with Kyle. I think they're I think they're going back to the way that Mandalorians were in the EU, where you it was a culture, not necessarily an ethnicity. But I think he because he's still earning his stripes, he's um he's insecure about it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. he wasn't born into it, he was adopted into it. That's right. But I don't think that really it makes him less Mandalorian in his own head, but I don't think it actually makes him less Mandalorian in any other sense. I totally agree. I think it's something he's internalizing. I don't think it is actually like he's lower on the totem pole or in the class system or whatever. I think it's just a feeling he has. So 
what the heck happened to the Mandalorians? Like, I, like I want to know, man. I want to know so bad. Um, it, did they destroy each other? Is it an empire thing? Is it something else? Like, it, it, we just this is so fascinating because they're decimated, and our our titular character is not an actual Mandalorian. He's a Mandalorian by honor. What happened? to to the tribe what happened to the the race because now they're a tribe you know that's purge man (laughs) we need to know what the purge is details about the purge tbd TBD. season two season i need more details (laughs) so what what did you guys discover in this episode what do you what do you guys want to break apart because i know there's so much to break apart from the clatonian raiders cara dune um you know where this journey is going to go what do you guys want to break down so before we get to the Clatoonian Raiders and that awesome ATST, I want to dive into to Cara Dune. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. She is a warrior beast. When that first encounter happens and she jumps him because she knows he's following him, that fight scene was awesome because there's one just one shot. She hits him <laughs> kind of in the helmet yeah. and just drives his head down into the ground and his legs flipped up. And it was just fun to watch her Crazy. kick the crap out of somebody. It was amazing. So, you know, we get we kind of get a little like it is a, a hyperspeed version of her backstory. It is so fast. You, you blink and you miss it. Um, we know she's a rebel shock trooper. I, I'm a Star Wars nut and I am unfamiliar with this rebel shock trooper. I mean, Josh, you may have some more context from the novels or the books. I don't remember even reading anything about rebel shock troopers. So she was like someone that went in after Endor to clean up. Is that what I'm getting? Well, this was the first mention ever of a rebel shock trooper. I think we've heard of shock troopers for the empire before. Right. Um, but and I, I even looked this up because I'm with you. I'm, I'm a nerd, and I'm like, I don't remember this. So I looked it up, and the only reference is in The Mandalorian. And uh, apparently okay. it's some kind of special forces. She was going in with just a couple people, and they're doing basically like covert ops. You know, they're the best of the best. Um, but something else I noticed about her is she mentioned that she thought he had a fob out on her. So I wonder what, I mean, I know you're in the guild. Obviously she's savvy. She's been around the block. She knows what's going on, but why does she think there's a bounty on her? What, what, or why does she know there's a bounty out on her? What did she do? And I think, I think actually the Mando got a little bit more of her backstory than we did too. It just got cut off. It was off screen because he does mention that she was a shock trooper, but we never heard her tell him that. So obviously he got some more info than we did. Totally, dude. They're sipping tea on Sorghum and, you know, chilling with their feet kicked up. Bone broth and chill. <laughs> Want some with soup? The, with the baby hanging out there. But yeah, she, I, I can't imagine that, that the rebel shock trooper was much different than the imperial shock trooper where they are clean up and they come in and take people out regardless. And she did say she was doing security details and mm. putting down protests after a while. And it was something that she didn't sign up for. I had her written down. She's like, it wasn't something that I signed up for. And she goes, call it an early retirement. So part of me goes, okay, did she actually just quit and leave? Or is she a deserter? Is she AWOL from what she was doing? Because maybe she wanted to continue some of that darker, dirty work that they were doing. And when she got relegated to doing patrol detail for 
senators and breaking up protests, she was like, this is not for me. Yeah, the warrior doesn't want to be the politician, just like no. mm-hmm. no. Game of Thrones was basically all about that. Yeah, that's what I got out of that conversation. I, I really liked how it fit into the narrative that we already have for how, you know, after the war was over, the, you know, Mon Mothma and the other politicians wanted to, like, demilitarize and, you know, not do any of that stuff anymore. So it makes sense that she would, you know, in that period between Endor and Jakku, she'd be going after warlords and what's left of the remnant. But then, but <coughs> I feel like we're, st- we're only a little bit past that period. I don't even know if we'd, you know, we'd be there yet, but it, it still makes sense in what like aftermath and what the movies have set up. So it was nice to see the cohesion. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think Justin, I'm now, my, my brain is moving a million miles per hour about the deserter angle. I really think that right. that that they might explore that, and we might see members of the New Republic now. Because um, I, I mean, I don't know. Is Cara, Do you guys think Cara Dune is a one episode character like IG Eleven, or is she coming back? I think we're going to see her and Omera again. I can't I imagine so too, yeah. that um, that was the end for either one of them. They got way too much screen time. They got way too much character development, and she even said, "Until our paths cross again." I think true, and they they, they, they dapped up. They dapped up, man. And I, I would say my future prediction later on here was that you're going to see him with the Mandalorian with Kara, possibly IG Eleven, and maybe somebody else. And uh, what's uh, uh, the Herder guys? True. Yeah, yeah, Cru- I can, uh, or whatever his name is. Quill Island. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna see you're gonna see <laughs> them together as some kind of crew, essentially at some point. Uh, I don't know if at the end of this season, but maybe next season at some point. I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I like that, and and here's why. I think that a Cara Dune and and Mandalorian, I think, should be definitely attached at the hip at some point. I think that would make a great tandem, like Han and Chewie, yada yada yada. I'd like. I like these chapters because it's now giving us more devices to tell off stories and new stories and, and let your imagination run wild with it. Um, but I, cause I think the characters are so strong versus like a Rio Durant in solo star Wars story where I don't really care about a Rio Durant backstory, but I definitely want to see like a, a Kuel backstory or, or I don't know, like it, so far. This is how I feel so far, but I definitely want to see IG-11's backstory or like a continuation. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think it leaves the door open for storytelling versus um, just putting them in a box and saying this is what your arc's going to be. I don't know. Um, I think I felt that way about a lot of characters in Clone Wars, too. The animated show. So I was going to say though, in Rebels, you find the the crew together for the first time. Their stories didn't flush out until later in the season. Zeb's didn't come out until way later. So you got backstories for Sabine and Zeb after the crew was already established. So if they plan on making this go for several years, I could easily see where hey, the crew joins up in season one, but we don't get the backstories until later on. That's true. I mean, ultimately, let's let's be honest. You know, they're all going to get back together. I really, you know, I just have that feeling. Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see how and why. Um, but I will tell you that I, I definitely I like Cara Dune's look. I like her look as a Star Wars character. She looks like she belongs in Star Wars. I think she had like a really good um, military tactical type 
approach to his more like mm. just kind of shoot him up, blow him up style. You know, not that he's mm-hmm. not tactical. We saw him like For sure. take out Werner Herzog's little compound with all the stormtroopers or whatever. But when they were trying to set up to protect them from the Raiders and the ATST, he said, listen to her. She was in the military. She knows what to do. Yeah, and I love that instant trust that he has with her as soon as he meets her, because it, when they're you know trying to strategize on how they're going to fight the Raiders off, he basically turned it over to her and said, "What are you going to do? How are we going right. to map this out?" And then even you know towards the end when the thing falls in the hole, she's he's like, "All right, what's your pl-, or doesn't walk into the hole?" He said, "What's your plan?" And then she goes, "Give me your um, give me your rifle." And he's like, here you go. Right, just right, right, right away. Like, he just hands it right yeah. over to her. And I'm like, okay. He clearly trusts her with her decisions and what she's doing. And I don't think he spent a lot of time with her to get to that point. It was like, a, it reminded me of Step Brothers, the movie. They just totally bonded so fast. <laughs> Did they, they just become best friends? <laughs> huh? it was, you know, it was so apparent. I was, I was actually kind of bummed that Kara did not go with the Mandalorian at the end of the episode. They did not go off on the journey together. Um, but I think with He's the love back. interest, the, yeah, the, the Mandalorian is developing a love interest. And um, I don't know if any one of you guys have thoughts about that. I think that the humanization of the Mandalorian is was very apparent in this episode. They really humanized this character from being the father figure, the love interest, the best friend. I mean, we're seeing a really well-rounded character here. It it felt a little forced to me. I mean, I, I, I like it. Um, I think I had a little bit of an issue at the end where he lets her start to take his helmet off. I'm like, if you've lived your whole life or most of your life and this is your creed you're like you've only been with this lady for a couple weeks you're not going to let her take your helmet off in front of everyone in the middle of the rice paddy like you never know dude you never know they the mandalorians may have taken a vow of celibacy and he was like oh okay like now i have someone that's interested in me i mean pedro pascal's voice is very dreamy and i could see why that the lady was very interested from the start um i was actually disappointed with how fast they that the helmet conversation came up I um, I wrote a few things down about her because I I think there's more going on with her story. Uh, she agreed at the in the in the cold open when everybody's running away from the uh, Clatuinians, Cl- Clatuinian, whatever. Uh, Clatuinians, Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders. She, everybody's running away, and I know her kid was over there, but she runs straight towards them. Mm-hmm. And then they hide under the basket and she manages to stay calm. And what is, I mean, I was stressed out. I can't imagine she was probably stressed out too, but uh, she's also the only one that could shoot a gun. And True. she was slick with that thing. They showed them yep. like the training montage and she was just like smoking that pot dead center oh, yep. time after time after time. Um, she seemed kind of like worldly to me. She already knew like, that he wasn't going to take his helmet off. She consciously left food inside for him so he right, could right. eat. Uh, this is something I had written down last week and we never mentioned it, but like obviously the helmet has to come off. You know, you sure. have to bathe, you sure. have to eat, you have right. to sleep. It has to come off sometimes, but like obviously he's not just going to like saddle up to the table with everybody else at the potluck, you know? <laughs> right, so right. she left food inside for him. She, um, 
she clearly there was like sexual tension between them. Whether sure. there was a couple times where I'm like, so is she just gonna kiss the helmet? Like what's gonna like they did that <laughs> long right. slow gaze in each other's eyes where like in every other show these two are about to kiss right now. Oh but yeah. That, is hard to do with his face covered. I don't know. Like she, right. she had a lot going on to me. She was calm under pressure during that attack, yep. telling the, like telling those dudes to get out there and get after it and everybody to hold their position and all those kinds of things. So she's got some kind of story. She's a widow and she's kind of hiding out yeah. from her own thing, I think. Um, but I'm interested to know what, did, how she got so worldly. How'd she get this experience that obviously the people around her don't have. She's clearly the one villager that they sent off to college. Dumb. <laughs> like she did a walkabout. She studied in Europe. Yeah, something. they saved all their credits. They had the little sack and they threw it at college. You know, and like you even noticed when those dudes came up to the Razor Crest and he's like basically ignoring them. He opens the door <laughs> right, and right. they like jump back. They're terrified. These guys have never even seen a a spaceship and we're in damn Star Wars. You know, the, those right. guys have clearly never been out of town. And she can shoot a gun and knows about Mandalorians and, you know, has is calm under fire and all these things. She definitely, yes, her, her backstory is going to be much larger. I'm fascinated to see where it goes. And, uh, the gun thing was an obvious giveaway for sure. That was a telltale sign that this character has way more to offer. Um, Let's hope it pans out in a positive way. Let's hope that she's not a uh, secret agent or, you know, an Imperial, which we're still waiting for more Imperials. Could be a deserter. Could be a deserter Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, that's the whole point of escaping to this this planet is to get away. You got Cara Dune, you got the Mandalorian. Sanctuary, yeah. She could definitely be a deserter. That's fascinating. A lot to break apart there. That's good. Well, we wanted to touch on the Raiders. What did you guys want to talk about in the Raiders? And not the Oakland or the Las Vegas or whatever. I don't know. You know whatever. whatever they are now. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the ATSC. I thought it was great. I, I loved, you know, when they first stoked the fire by blowing up the building. And she, he goes, well, I hope that did it. And then you see this, like the light, the back, the red light yeah, from inside the yeah. pit. And this thing just awakens up. And it, it reminded me of... Um, uh, is it Demolition Man? Uh, maybe that's the wrong movie. It was um, the giant robot with Armand Asante and uh, Sylvester <laughs> Stallone, and it's that robot that just uh, goes and like kills people. Uh, but they were outlawed. It's kind of what it reminded me of. It just woke up, and it's like, oh crap, you better run, you know? Yeah, yeah. Next thing you see is they're just taken off through the jungle, uh, cutting and weaving through the forest there, and uh, it, it was exciting. I actually enjoyed that part a lot. You know, with the with the ATST scenes, I don't know about you guys. Um, I thought it, it was shot a little dark. I and wish I could have seen that yeah. paint job. Yeah, I, and a I lot of people. Have even known. No, and a lot of people on Twitter said the same thing that they they felt that the episode was shot a little dark. Um, and I think what the reason behind it is, you see those glowing red eyes, and it's just this very ominous, you know, creature in the woods that it's like the big bad wolf. It's a fairy tale, the big bad wolf or, or whatever, you know, it's some gremlin in the woods that the villagers are like, oh, you know, it's that uh, well, the thing you can't see is always scarier than the thing you can, you know. Exactly, exactly. And it, it was kind of a fun um, finish to that battle. And, it, you know, we talked about Cara Dune being more tactical, more militaristic and definitely had the plan put together to trap this ATSD. But her in the puddle trying to draw its attention um, was just so beautifully done. 
you know, with the pulse rifle shooting inside the, the actual, uh, ATST and just the teamwork behind it. It was a very fun, satisfying ending to that battle scene. Yeah, he yeah. popped the explosive in the top, just like every tank in every war movie you've ever seen <laughs> where sure. they run up and throw for the sure. grenade in the top. Right. And it was enjoyable to watch, uh, nature take down technology in just another way, just like on Endor. Yep. Yep. It's just funny because the ATST as cool as it is, it struggles in a lot of those environments. Oh yeah. I was glad to hear them say the name of it because I hate that the ATAT is people say it's called at at because at you at, can't, baby. one can't be an at at and the other one's an ATST. I you can't. They have to be the same. Disagree with you. I will forever <laughs> be team at at, dude. Because if one's an at at, then that, that was an at that was an at st. Then it was. Did no. I say at at or did I say ATST? You said no, ATST. No. Yeah, you I'm said ATST. No, I'm, no, I'm just cool. saying. I was like, wait, did I speak the wrong vehicle? Oh my god! No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm just saying because they acknowledged in canon, someone said ATST. That proves that it shouldn't be at at. Mm. And I, I, where did, did that I, come I'm from, at, George? I don't think that. I don't. I don't know, man. I'm team at at all the way. It's got to no, be. I'm at-at. pretty come sure on. I've heard it. I'm pretty sure I've heard an interview where Dave has said there's a lot of things in Star Wars that are said and pronounced different ways and that they're right both ways. And he said that one, A-T-A-T, at-at, it's both right. Yeah, that's just him being political so people will stop arguing about it. <laughs> I feel like it came from George, and I don't always trust, trust George because I've literally never heard George say lightsaber. He always says laser sword, and I'm like, laser sword. say it right, you created it, stop it. Like, oh, he's, just, he's, I, a, he's, he's a long-term troll, dude. He's I a troll that. I heard a funny thing about that, that he was, uh, was going to be on um, Stephen Colbert's show, and Stephen Colbert is a huge nerd, Star Wars, mm-hmm. Lord of the mm-hmm. Rings, all kinds of stuff, and he said to him something about laser swords, and George said, well, you know, most people call them lightsabers, but, <laughs> but he was just being savvy and calling them laser swords because he knows that's what George Lucas calls them, even though he's like the only person on the planet that calls them that. Right. Even though he named them lightsabers, you know. Right. Um, you, I have one last thing about the ATST too. Is you mentioned how this is like so mainstream right now, mm-hmm. and obviously, as soon as she said that's an ATST track, I know we all knew exactly what that was. But do you think there's a number of people watching it who did not know what that was until they saw it? Uh, yes, I think that that yeah. is a reveal for a, a large portion of the audience, um, and that's a good thing because I always look at the ATST as the wimpier, like you know, the wimpier of the two. Um, something that's easy to take down. I mean, Ewoks took it down, so I, I mean, think with with the with the new audience watching, they look at an ATST and they go, "Oh, that." That thing can terrorize an entire village. That is very, that's a devastating weapon. Whereas, you know, you see Superstar Destroyers, you see Snoke's Destroyer, like all these crazy technological terrors. Um, so the ATSD is just kind of like, you know, it's a chip walker. It's well, like, <laughs> yeah, and I, I think from Kara's perspective, right, she's seen those things in battle before and understands them and knows modern weapons don't do much good against them because it's just modern weapons on modern weapons. But, you know, it has a weakness in nature, and and when she sees like what what's presented to her, going, hey, 
they don't walk so well on, you know, uh, uneven environments. Let's go ahead and just set up a trap. Like, I think she understands they can cause some serious devastation if you're not prepared right. And she recognized that in the environment she's in and set up a great plan. Well, don't don't discount the Ewoks too much. Remember, they eat people. They eat <laughs> Very people. <true. laughs> they also make dresses. They made Princess Leia that beautiful dress uh, there on Endor, if you remember correctly. Uh, the Ewoks are some of my favorite characters, Josh. I am a I'm on Team Ewok as well. I have the beautiful Her Universe Ewok sweater I wear often, um, and I, I love I love the Ewoks. I will never discount them. I will, however, discount the Ewok slicer. In the last shot novel, um, I thought that was a very bizarre uh, thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I yeah I remember that. Was, a, I thought it was there's weird an too. Ewok that is a slicer, and if you're unfamiliar with that term, they're basically the hackers in the Star Wars uh, yeah. galaxy. And I was like, how do you? What he thought C3PO just... was a god? How's he gonna program? <laughs> He's a, he's a he's a slicer man, and uh, he, that was he's a very the one, curious character choice. He's the one they sent to college, just like <laughs> yeah, you he said. Went <laughs> wherever, <laughs> he, he went wherever. He went to ITT Tech, wherever oh, Omera was. They went there together. He did. So, um, you know, as we do with with Mandalorian episodes now, we have our favorite baby Yoda moments. Who doesn't? Who does not have a favorite favorite a favorite baby Yoda moment from these shows? And there was just too many of them for me in this episode. I, I think after the second watch, there's I can't decide between my two favorite moments, guys. Maybe one of you can help me decide. My I think it's between the reveal when the Mandalorian tells Baby Yoda to sit in the cockpit. Stay. You stay right there. Don't move. And then the next scene, the 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 bay door starts to lower. You see the Mandalorian. And then as the bay door hits the ground, you see Baby Yoda right next to him. And it is just comic gold. Ankle uh, high. Yeah. Oh, it's so <laughs> cute. Uh, but the, the other one is when Cara Dune and the Mandalorian are fighting and they, they've drawn their blasters and are holding at each other, you hear this like little sipping sound and it's just baby Yoda drinking his bone broth, watching him battle, dude. Like those two moments to me, uh, stole the show. I think mine was the very first one when they're in the ship and he's pushing the button <laughs> and he, he, he pushes yes. it once and then he pushes it again. He's like, don't push it. Don't do it again. And he kind of looks at him and he just slowly puts his hand over <laughs> and hits it a third time. And I have to say that because for, for Thanksgiving, my family's in town this weekend and my, my three nephews, they're four, three and two. And yeah. I, I see a lot of those resemblances and <laughs> what he was doing and what they do. And you're like, don't do that. Don't do that. And then they go ahead and push that button a third time. They're like, what are you doing? Stop it. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so that one's probably mine. But I, I the frog scene was awesome. Oh, One, yeah. because it's oh, just yeah. it's a callback to another episode. It's a nice interaction with the kids. And then it's also kind of like book ended that it was like brought the whole episode together because she was chasing the frog at the beginning. Too. Beautiful. They did that in the other episode with the ball on the end of the throttle oh, as yeah. well, where yeah. it opened with the ball coming with uh, him telling him it's not a toy. And then at the end, he took it off and gave it back to him as a toy. And when he noted, he he like went to grab it. And that's when he's like, all right, I got to go back and get this kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you guys touched on every single <laughs> baby Yoda moment in the episode except for when they were riding back to the farm 
with Cara Dune and he kind of lays back and looks at the stars and then Yoda lays, baby Yoda lays oh, back. Oh yeah. That was too. a great moment. It's just like, like you him. get that overhead shot and then yeah. he's kind of mimicking his father figure and all that stuff. It was, it, that was, I mean, there's so much emotional ties to this. It is just, ma- it's masterfully crafted. That puppet is so uh, emotive and, and uh, you really feel it. You mentioned the child actors earlier, and um, Omera's daughter, whose name I can't remember, she get, uh, Winta, mm-hmm. she spent the a good portion of that episode acting to that puppet, or I'm assuming it was a puppet even when it, you know, maybe it was something else when it was walking around. I don't really know, mm. but she was acting to that thing, and as a child, I think she did like a really good job, because that's yeah. obviously more difficult than sharing a scene with an adult you know for sure how much how much do you think that little animatronic yoda would go for on the market right now <laughs> uh 85 dollars 85 dollars <laughs> just like john boyega's stolen rise of skywalker script on ebay do you guys see that yeah yes. that lady had no idea what she had on her, her hands oh on. my goodness dude so if that script goes for 85 that animatronic yoda uh probably <laughs> same area right that's crazy. No, I don't know, man. I, that's got to be. I can't even it's imagine. It's invaluable. It is. It's. I'm ready for the merch. I think I want to. I want to get at my my baby Yoda drone. Him and his little egg, and just fly him around everywhere. Have him follow me. I don't know. Like that merch has got to. It's gonna be crazy. You know that celebration 2020 is gonna be baby oh, Yoda galore. The year of the baby oh, yeah. Yoda. Oh, it's going to be out of control, guys. I mean, we're all going to be wearing the pins. We're going to get all that stuff. Josh will send you those. It's all good. Uh, but no, you know you know, he's going to be on the lanyards and everything. It's going to be nuts. I'm not buying any Baby Yoda merch. It's going to be all Babu Frick for me. I'm only buying oh, Babu Frick stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think Babu Frick's going to have a larger role in uh, Rise of Skywalker than we think. And with that, how about this segue? We are going to go in our next segment here. People are coming on us. The galaxy is coming on us. So we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. <laughs> oh, really? You're cold? <laughs> so with that, um, let's dive into some really quick theory talk. Um, I think there were a couple seeds dropped in this episode. Um, we already we talked about Omera and her history. I think that she's definitely going to come back in some way. Um, I think that the face reveal is going to happen this season. They definitely teased that several times in this episode with with not only dialogue but with his you know showing him set his helmet down to eat but he was also watching children play you know so he definitely had his face out um i I think that the face reveal is gonna it it's gonna be huge um and i don't know how or why but i think that it's definitely gonna be a big moment in the show it should be a big moment in the show but it will be when he finally breaks from the mandalorians um and i think it i think the face reveal may come in front of his mandalorian tribe and which will then cause a rift or something that he's gonna have to repair as far as his relationship with his tribe um but then, you know, the other thing I'm fascinated about coming down the line is what, you know, I sat there and I'm like, Yoda's going to learn how to, baby Yoda is going to learn how to talk soon. And I'm trying to wrap my head He's around, close. What, yeah, like yeah. what his first words are going to be. And 
I, I'm, I don't know. I don't, I can't even think, I don't think it's going to be dad or Dada or anything goofy like that. I think, um, it might be something along the effects of love. Like he'll just say love or something, you know, that makes us, that tugs at all of our heartstrings and we just pour out more love for baby Yoda. Merchandising, merchandising, <laughs> merchandising. <laughs> or, you know, it could just be something, um, it is the way. I don't know. Is that too much? The way it is, you know? That's what um, I was going to say. It almost has to be a phrase so we can get that kind of um, Yoda-esque verbiage with the right. word shuffle, right? Yeah, the, the the way it is. You know, the way it is. <laughs> you know, something like that, dude. Um, maybe he just has the goofy Yoda laugh. I don't know. Um, but you, I think that before the end of the season, we're, we're going to see Yoda's first words, and uh, we're all going to be shocked. Maybe that's what we end the season on, and it's the cliffhanger for season two. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But what thoughts do you guys have? Where, where do you think it's going to go, or what's going to happen? Um, I think Boba. I think his first words are going to be Boba Fett. Where? <laughs> Stop, dude. And then no. that. And then that'll just Stop. fit into our other theories about this. The cliffhanger being Boba Fett. <laughs> That's the big um, reveal, no. baby. Yeah. No. In, in all seriousness, I, I I would like to see uh, Cara Dune get uh, adopted into the Mandalorians. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Like a Mandalorian mercs, like you know, one yeah, of those like, things, right? He has, but but older, obviously, like for sure. She almost um, has Mandalorian armor. It's very close. Right. I, yeah. I, that's, uh, that's my main one. I mean, I, I can see I, that happening. I sort of, I sort of think that helmet is going to come off at the very end. It might, I, I think it's going to be the last shot we see of the season. It's going to be shocking because we know he's not supposed to take it off. And we're going to have to wonder the whole off season about what is going to happen. Um, I, Kyle, yeah. do you think someone takes it off, or do you think he takes it off? I think he takes it off. I don't think we're going to undermine him that way. I think he's already gotten beat up by a mudhorn. He already got beat up a little bit by Cara Dune. I don't know that he's going to get beat up and get his helmet taken off. But that, that's just me. No, Which, I, by I, the way, people keep punching him in the helmet, and I'm like, when are you guys going to learn? It doesn't do any good to punch the helmet. Well, I mean, Cara Dune punched it and and knocked him off his feet. You know? I I put too much thought into this, but I think she whacked it with her gauntlet. I don't know why she would punch it with her fist, but like she had those things on her forearm, mm-hmm, those gauntlets. Mm-hmm. I think she she whacked it with one, that. One of the raiders hit him in the helmet too and knocked him into the. <laughs> well, they were. I'm like, you guys gotta stop, man. <laughs> No, that's that's. I think uh, I I think I'm with Kyle on this. I think he's going to do it himself, and it it and I I I'm going to stand firm that he's going to do it in front of his his Mandalorian tribe. There's a whole component to that. Like we know they're down on their numbers. They're taking in the foundlings. They're like they're concerned about you know how how few of them there are. They, we've mentioned many times how Mandalorians are in these trying times. It's mm-hmm. rare to find a Mandalorian, you know. But you can't take your helmet off in front of another Mandalorian. Not to make this like R-rated, but how are we making more Mandalorians here? Are we like sharing a bed with our helmets Fair on? Enough. Are we Fair sleeping enough. in separate rooms? What's happening here? That's true. Don't kink shame. I, hey, <laughs> if that's how they do it, that's how they do it. And I'm not mad at them. It seems awful impersonal to me. <laughs> so what else you guys got? Where else do you think this is going to go? 
I think we got to find who is above the chain to Werner Herzog's the client. He's mm-hmm. not the boss. When he was talking to Dr. Pershing, he he mentioned you know the person, the next higher person up, which I think is going to be um, uh, Esposito. Um, yeah, Grand Moff uh, or Moff Gideon. Moff yeah, Gideon. Uh, you know yeah. he still hasn't showed up, and I think probably Werner Herzog ran to him and told him, uh, I had it, but this Mando took it back. I tried to, every single bounty hunter tried to get him. We couldn't get him. So now the asset baby Yoda is off running around and, um, he's going to use his, what I would assume is more resources to try and get to baby Yoda. And I think that's probably where, um, he's going to have to, he, the Mandalorian, is going to have to go back for reinforcements, and that's where we're going to get Cara Doom back. Okay. I like that. I like that. Any other thoughts? What are we going to see next? I already gave you mine earlier, which was just that I think there's going to be a reunion of those characters in some way, shape, or form towards the end, but uh, how, I don't know, but that's what I'm hoping for. So that's my crackpot okay. theory. <laughs> it's not crackpot. <laughs> I think that is I think that is a logical uh, theory, and I think it's the logical step we need to make. Uh, I'm fascinated to see, you know, this is like one of those breathe, relax type episodes. So I'm just, I'm going to do just that. I'm going to rewatch all four episodes either tomorrow or Sunday and uh, just watch them as a whole and see if my, my thought changes at all on any of these. So by the next time we get together, um, you know, I hope to have a different opinion or a different journey through this whole thing. So if we don't have any other thoughts, let's, uh, you're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. I got a really good feeling about this. up episode five of the star wars friends podcast and uh where we talked a lot we talked a lot about little things we're joined by our our new star wars friend dominic pace out of nowhere uh thanks again dominic you can hit him up at dominic p pace um you know i I don't want to see any more rise of skywalker trailers let's uh let's hope that we don't talk about those the next time we get together but we did have a contest that we uh we we announced on our social media and uh what we did is we just put everyone in a hat on a random name generator so anyone that shared our vintage collection uh shadow trooper on social media you got entered into this man so we can't wait to give it to you um we're gonna draw the name right now let's take a peek here and you we're gonna do a contest every week you can hit us up at sw friend show on twitter instagram facebook and you could be a lucky winner just like uh, it's rolling the dice it's rolling the uh, dice there we go just like at two shot girl <laughs> So at Two Shot Girl, uh, we're gonna hook you up with that vintage collection Shadow Trooper. We're gonna we're gonna connect on Twitter and get that over to you. And then we're also giving away a Star Wars Friends T-shirt. So let's get that next T-shirt going here. Let's see who this is gonna be. And uh, da, 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 da. it's taking its sweet old time. <laughs> it's rolling through all of our participants here. It is UT Law 97 is going to receive a Star Wars Friends t-shirt. So we are definitely going to hook 
these two folks up with some uh, with some goodies here. So our next contest is going to be a copy of Resistance Reborn, the new Star Wars novel that came out. So we're going to be posting that up on social, and you have your chance to win that by retweeting or hitting us up on Instagram or Facebook at SW Friends Show. Leave us a review. We're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, StarWarsFriends.com. We would definitely love a beautiful, beautiful review from you. Uh, but also subscribe and tell your friends. Let it, let them know where you're getting your Star Wars content and all that good stuff. You can hit me up things. personally at no one is Chris. I'm Josh. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. This is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. I'm Kyle at KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram and Venmo if you want to send me any money. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Or so, uh, are there any more shout outs you guys want to give before we take off? I, I have I have one small shout out. I just want to give a shout out to Tab who's live texting me Tarkin right now. She's on her second Star Wars book. Hey. And she texts me right. Tarkin tried to tried to charge Ahsoka with murder, WTF. <laughs> it's like text of the year. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, all right, everybody. Uh, Kyle, you got somebody? Uh, yeah, I was going to mention that I talked about the Goliath um, shot glass and Diana yeah. Hopper. I never said her name. That's the name of the actress. Oh, if you okay. Yeah. Follow her on Instagram or whatever. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, with that, let's uh, let's take a breath. Let's eat some leftovers from Thanksgiving. Let's kick back a little bit, play a little fall in order, celebrate everything that is Star Wars and this beautiful time that we're alive here with all the wonderful things happening in the Star Wars galaxy. And until next time, everyone, may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs> Later. Justin, why did your name say me, me in the Google Docs? <laughs> well, I don't know. Look at it. It's like, like no it. one is listening. Josh, Kyle, Amy. Me. I set it up a long time ago, so I probably never even did anything with it. Put it in. <laughs> <laughs>